Well, you can open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter three. Um, I'm thankful for uh, Pastor Dana's uh, introduction to my sermon this morning. We should do this more often, brother. Um, it uh, it has been uh, such a blessing to plan this and think about this time and to now be here and celebrate it. First. Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. You heard Pastor Dana read this, but let us draw our attention to it again. Hear the word of the Lord. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or food or sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men also must be first tested. Then let them serve as deacons as they are beyond reproach. Wives, likewise, must be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children in their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Jesus Christ. Let us go to the Lord in a moment of prayer before I continue. Lord, we ask your blessing upon this time, upon the preaching of your word, so that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers also. And we pray these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, Pastor Dana has answered uh, this question for us this morning as to what we are doing that we recognize that ordination is an act wherein the church, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, publicly recognizes and confirms that a Christian believer, or believers in this case, have been gifted, called, and set apart by God for the work of the ministry, and in the name of Christ, commissions him or them for this work. We're thankful that we heard how the church benefits from this ordination, that it is both the church and the ordinance that ordinates that benefit from this ceremony, that the ordinate is being recognized as qualified for this office and might honorably and faithfully discharge it to the peace of themselves, the advantage of the church and the glory of God. The church benefits in rejoicing in the reception of gifts from their head for their advantage and for the glory of God. So in all things this morning, we are looking to Christ. Though my message this morning will be a charge to the deacons, to these three men whom you have recognized through nomination, you have confirmed through a vote, and now this morning you have given by your same uh, authority that you've uh, bestowed upon me and Dana to give us the opportunity to ordain them into their service. And so it is to the ordinates that I have four charges or exhortations this morning. The first is that is character over capability. The second is to be settled over shakiness. The third is assurance over autonomous, and the fourth, or excuse me, the third 
is subservient over self-reliant. And the fourth is God's glory over gratification. We look this morning at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 8 to see where character is more important than capabilities. Though these men are going to be ordained into an office of serving tables, as it's described in Scripture, it is not their ability to serve tables that is primary in their ordination or in their calling. It is their character. First Timothy in chapter 3, verse 8 and following, it is clear that a deacon is first to be a man of character before he is a man of capability. We saw this in, and heard this in Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6, it, when they had a deficiency in how the uh, table of the widows was being administered, they didn't look for men who were well organized. They didn't look for men who uh, were business minded, who had a background in administration. Though it may have been true about these men, we don't know, but there's a key understanding is that we don't know. But what we do know about these men is that they were to seek men, therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation full of the spirit and of wisdom whom we may put in charge of this task. You know, it's an understanding that uh, we can contrast this with two things. The first thing is, as we contrast it in, in, our, in a near context with Ananias and Sapphira from the previous chapter, they were uh, a couple of means. They were a couple who were capable to use their means for the good of the church and the glory of God, yet they lacked character. They lacked virtue. They held back what was, they held back uh, the fullness of when they sold their land from the church. They had said, we will dedicate the selling of this land to the church, and yet they held back for their own gain. What we also may consider as a contrast to this and it may have been fresh in the apostles' mind, is the disciple Judas. Judas was a man of capability. He could handle the books. He was a man who was probably set apart by his ability to do such things. And yet, he lacked character. He lacked the ability to serve Christ above money. And so he uh, ended up despising and betraying Christ that this money could have gone to greater good than the anointing of his feet when Martha, or excuse me, when Mary did so and anointed him. And so it is important for us to see these characteristics are in, ver in 1 Timothy chapter 3, that they are to be men of dignity, not double-tongued, that your yes would be yes and your no would be no. The, you should not say something to someone and have them wonder if you really mean what you say. Certainly you should not be addicted to much, my, much wine, for 
It is in the addiction to much wine that you give yourself over to something other than the Spirit of God, as we will eventually see in Ephesians chapter 5, as I preach through it, not this morning. Nor should they be fond of sword gains as these things as to the administration of the benevolent funds of the church have be given to uh, the deacons. So they should not be interested in sordid gain. They should be content with where the Lord has them in their station. That they should be seeking the Lord for their daily bread and not seeking to gain it in an unholy way. And these men are to serve as deacons as if they are beyond, let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. And so, men, I charge you this morning to consider your character before your capabilities. Second, I would charge you to be settled in your faith and not be shaky in it. This is implied to us in 1 Timothy 3.9. But holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. A clear conscience. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians in, in, uh, tells them that Christ is building his church through his officers in order that as a result, this is in chapter 4, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. And so here in First Timothy, these men are to hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. That is, you are to seek to be instructed in the Lord, certainly on this day and in opportunities you're able in private and family worship. Though you are not uh, obligated to be teachers of the word, you here are obligated to understand the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and so be spared from shakiness for a shakiness in doctrine in the officers of this church will certainly translate to the members. The third charge I have for you this morning is to be subservient over self-reliant. How is it then you're to discharge this office where you are to have character over capability, you're to be settled over shakiness? How are you to discharge this office, this one you have been called to, this one that in some ways, you will forsake other responsibilities to fulfill your role and obligations to the church. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. Whoever speaks is to do so, excuse me, let's uh, begin um, in verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This speaking generally to the congregation. Each of us have been given uh, gifts of the Spirit. 
that we can bestow upon each other, that we are supposed to use in the service of God. We do so in our membership vows. We ask the one who stands before us that they would vow to use their gifts as necessary or as the need arises for the good of the church and the glory of God. It continues on. It says that whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Peter here getting a little more specific. So those that speak before the congregation are to speak the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do as the one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. And so the two examples that Peter gives, the specific examples... Again, we have the general as available and given to all, as we saw in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, if you haven't heard those sermons, you can go grab them off our website or iTunes or wherever we keep them, Facebook. Uh, But the understanding there is that Paul worked from the general gifts of the church to the specific gifts of the offices of the church. Here, Peter does the same, and it's not surprising. It's the same author, the Spirit of God, who works from the general as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God to the specific, whoever speaks and whoever serves. These two offices of pastor, elder, bishop, and deacon. So the deacons are to serve as one who is serving by the strength that God supplies. You serve not according to your talents. Though you will employ them certainly in your service. You serve according to the strength supplied to you from one who has ultimately called you to service. We will recognize that it is not a thing as being called into the service of God here in the office for you to seek your own gain and to seek your your own glory. And it is in that reality that that double self-denial that you will be called upon this morning to engage in that you will need the strength of God to persevere, to lean into that strength when it seems like your service is unneeded or, or your service is unnoticed. I remember this famous deacon once. Not really. But yet, apart from deacons, the ordering, the proper ordering of the church, a church is at peril from collapse. For that is how the church, that is how Christ is sought to build his church. Hebrews chapter 1 or 12 beginning in verse 1, therefore since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That imperative to run the race that is set before us is followed by this uh, kind of indicative that fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
you will employ your talents in the service of this calling. But it will be by the strength of God that you will endure, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Finally, I charge you that it is God's glory over gratification. Look again at 1 Peter chapter 4, the last part of verse 11. It says, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Spurgeon believed that deacons must be characterized by humble, persevering faithfulness. After all, seldom are the names mentioned in public, and yet they are the mainstay of the church, the regulators of her order, and the guardians of her interests. Some of them have held the fort in troublous times. They have seen a dozen pastors come and go, but they abide at their posts, faithful under discouragement, hopeful under, di uh, under difficulty. Seek not your own gratification in the service of the Lord, men. Seek the glory of God as you serve Him, as you serve the bride of Christ, seeking to be the hands and feet of Christ, who seeks to uh, build up and make her more beautiful. And so, men, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ, who will judge the quick and the dead, to serve His bride in all ways, and to support its elders and chiefly, to watch over your character. Continue to work at being settled in your doctrine. Do all this in the strength supplied by God so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, we give you thanks this morning that we can participate in this holy convocation that is you through your apostles through the spirit and the gifting of these offices have blessed us this morning with deacons oh lord that we would not grow weary that we would not lose heart that we would not take for granted these blessings that you have given us, but that we would think of you as the author and finisher of our faith. And that we would seek to establish your church more and more as you lead us. And we may give you glory to that end. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.